Why, good morning. Happy Father's Day uh, to you fathers out, out there. Um, happy Father's Day to our Heavenly Father uh, as well. Um, a good day uh, to celebrate today. Um, I got some good news for you guys. Um, today, I've only got four pages of notes. Uh, usually, I have five. I, I, yes, celebrate, yes. They, I've been taught to aim for 25 minutes. You know, 30 minutes is all right for a sermon. And as I go down to write my sermon, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get down to four pages. But I never get there. I'm always at five pages. But today I did it. Five, five or four pages of notes. I did it. So good news for you, for you men out there uh, and for you women, but especially for you men. This is my Father's Day gift uh, to you men out there. Not going to say I won't ramble on extra, but only four pages, so you never know. So two weeks ago, uh, I started, or we started a sermon series entitled All About God. And we're just covering the basics of who God is. For John 17, 3 states that this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is on the line. Eternal life is on the line whether or not we know God and know Jesus Christ whom he has sent. And we'll spend, we'll, we'll do a series later on talking all about Jesus, but, but for now we're, we're having a series all about God and talking about going over the basics of who God is. And so two weeks ago when we started this series, uh, we looked at the important truth that God is one. He, he's not two, he's not three, he's not four, God is one. Deuteronomy 6.4 uh, states that quite clearly, uh, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is one. God is one. There, there's nobody who is equal with God. Nobody has equal power. Nobody has equal authority. He is truly one of a kind. Now, the thing that gets to me is people try to make Jesus equal with God, um, but, but going through the scriptures and looking at what Jesus thought and had to say, Jesus said clearly that the Father is greater than I. Jesus also stated that he can do nothing without God, nothing without God. Jesus called God my God. Jesus had a God, and that's our heavenly Father, Yahweh. Jesus stated that the Father is the only God. And also, Paul stated, after Jesus concluded his ministry, Paul stated that Jesus did not consider to be equal with God. And so it seems from the scriptures that nobody is equal with God, for God is truly one of a kind, for God is is one. And that's what we talked about two weeks ago. Last week, we took a look at the attributes of God. And rather than uh, taking the word of someone else for what God is like, spotlight, tricky. Uh, rather than uh, taking a look at what other people have to say about who God is, we took a look at the words of God himself. As God uh, described to Moses what he is like. And, and we saw this in Exodus chapter 36 verses 6 and 7, and God described to Moses and to us that God, he is a compassionate God. He is a gracious God. He is slow to anger. He's abounding in love and truth. He maintains love for thousands. He forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. We made the comparison that God is like that of a good parent. A good parent is going to be compassionate and gracious towards their child, slow to anger, uh, maintaining love, abounding in love and truth. 
Um, a parent will forgive other child in some, some circumstances, but also a parent isn't going to leave a child unpunished. For uh, we, we need to learn from our mistakes and what we do wrong. And God does not leave the guilty unpunished. But thank goodness for the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, because the wages of our sin, of our mess-ups, is death. But through the sacrifice of Jesus, uh, we can have eternal life. And that's, that's the good news, the gospel message that we have. And so we serve a good, good God. There, there's no doubt about it that we serve a good, good God. And there is none truly like him. He's truly one of a kind. And today we're going to take a look that God is a personal God. He is a personal God as our Heavenly Father. Before we get started, we'll go ahead and open up with a word of prayer to our Heavenly Father. So if you'll bow with me. Father God, uh, we just come before you uh, with thankful hearts, thankful for the sacrifice of your Son. Uh, Father, today, uh, as we uh, celebrate the fathers out in the world, uh, Father, uh, we also want to uh, celebrate you as you are our Heavenly Father, the perfect Father. Um, and I just thank you for uh, the love that uh, you, you pour out onto us continually, day in and day out. And Father, I thank you for your word. I just ask that you can open up our, our mind and our hearts and our ears to your word and what you have to say. Father, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Very good. So yes, today we are talking about God being a personal God. And now God is big and mighty. He truly is big and mighty. He has infinite power and knowledge. And we're going to take a look at the magnificence of God, the, the power and the knowledge that God has next week, as we're going to take a look at God's awesome creation. And, and, I, and I look forward to that uh, as we talk about some of the planets that, that God has made. And we're going to take a look at God's mag magnificence uh, next week. And in the, in the Old Testament, the Jews, they had a deep reverence for God. They, they had a very deep respect for God. They focused on the transcendence of God. The transcendence of God is the idea uh, where, where you focus on the idea that God is greater than, than anybody else. He, he is truly above us. He is on a whole nother level. He transcends above our limits as humans. As humans, we have limits. We, we, we only live a certain amount of days. We, we have limited knowledge. We, we have limited power. We have certain limits, us as humans. But God, he transcends above those limits. In the Old Testament, the Jews, they really focused on the transcendence of God and giving God the glory and the praise that he so much deserved. And we're going to take a look at that a bit um, next week as, as we see how awesome and how powerful and how creative uh, our God is next week as we take a look uh, at his creation. Um, but the Jews... Sometimes they took this idea of the transcendence of God too far, as, as we'll see in a bit later. As their idea of God, they almost made him unapproachable. They almost made him, they almost transcended him so much that they made him unapproachable, that they couldn't come to him with their basic needs. And now as Christians, we need, we need to recognize the transcendence of God as well. We need to recognize that God does not function in our limits as humans. He, he transcends above our limits that we, that we do not have eternal life yet. We, we do not have uh, eternal knowledge or eternal power. But on the other hand, we also need to focus on the eminence of God. 
the eminence of God. And this is the idea that God is relatable, that God is personal. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And Jesus kind of started this movement in the New Testament. Jesus really focused on God being a personal God. A God whom we can go to for, for our basic needs and, and our basic wants. God wants to hear from us, and God is personal. And, then, and the, the idea that we can relate to God as our Heavenly Father uh, is found a bit in the Old Testament, but Jesus really took it to a whole nother level. And, and we'll, we'll see this notion that Jesus started um, in Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew chapter 6. The first book of, of the New Testament Uh, The first is gospel, Uh, Matthew chapter 6, and we're just going to read one verse, verse 9. And we're going to take, this is during the Sermon on the Mount, the the greatest sermon ever recorded. Chapters 5 through 7, if you want some good material to to study on, Matthew chapters 5 and 7 is phenomenal. As Jesus was preaching to a multitude of people on this mount known as the Sermon on the Mount. And in the middle of his sermon, he thought it important to teach the people how to pray. And he talked about how you shouldn't pray like the hypocrites who stand on the corners uh, praying these loud prayers just to make a good name of themselves. He said we shouldn't be like the hypocrites and we shouldn't heap up just empty phrases. And then he continued, and Jesus himself gave us an example of how we can pray. And we're going to see how Jesus opened up his prayers, or the example that he gave us, and how we could open up our prayers. And so in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it reads, this is Jesus talking, talking to this people in the middle of a sermon. He says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus says, pray then like this. He he gave us an example of how we can pray. And Jesus opened up his prayer by addressing it to our Father. God is our Father. He he is relatable. He is a personal God. As Jesus Jesus alludes him to everything, our Father. We, we are his children. And again, they talked about this a bit in the Old Testament as God being the Father, but this was really a kind of a new dea- idea that Jesus was talking about here in, in the gospel message. Jesus over and over and over again and, and throughout the gospels called God his Father, called God our Father. For Jesus, or God truly is our Father. And over and over we can see this idea. And throughout the whole New Testament, we are reaffirmed over and over and over again that God truly is our Heavenly Father. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 states, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 states, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons of And daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 states, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Galatians chapter 4, verse 7 states, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 states, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, 
that we should be called children of God, and so we are. God is our Father. We, we, we see these are just a couple of examples in the New Testament that clearly, clearly illustrate that God is our Heavenly Father and we are His kids. So when we celebrate Father's Day today, we, we can celebrate God as our Heavenly Father, the perfect Father. He, he is, he, he's undescribable, the love and the compassion and the grace that He has for us, and He knows us on a personal level. And now some of us are blessed with, with a good father, and, and they see what it's like, the, the love that a father can have for his children. And I'm happy for you if that's you, if you are blessed with a loving father that gives you an example of what our heavenly father is like and, and the love that he shows unto us. Now unfortunately, some of us um, kind of have a skewed idea of what a good father can be as we, uh, some of us in here may, may not have had uh, the, the best fathers growing up. And the message I want to give to you today is that God is a good God. And God loves you. He, he is the father of all fathers. He laid down his son, Jesus Christ, for you. His perfect son, Jesus Christ, he laid him down for you. God, had, God has compassion towards you. He shows his grace towards you. He, he, he's slow to anger towards you. He shows his love and his truth towards you. God forgives your wickedness, rebellion, and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. God is a good God. He is our heavenly Father, and we can know him on a personal basis. There's many misconceptions about God. People focus on the might and the power and the knowledge that, that God have. That They make God unrelatable, and they think that God does not relate to us. Some people think of God like a watchmaker. A watchmaker, uh, they, they gather all the pieces together and they make the watch. But after the watchmaker has made the watch, they simply let the watch be. They let, they let the watch do the watch's thing. And some people think that God is like a watchmaker. Where in the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and us and everything that's within it. And some people think that God set it all together in the beginning and then he just let it go and, and let it watch and just let the people do their thing. They think that God doesn't relate to us on a personal level at all. And that's such a big misconception that, that a lot of people have. But that is simply not true. For God is not just some watchmaker. He's, he's not just the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is your father. That's power there. He is your father. The creator of the heavens and the earth is your father. And he cares about you and he wants to hear from you. And the huge blessing that we have is that we have direct access to our father through Jesus Christ, our mediator. We can communicate directly to God himself through Jesus Christ, our mediator. And God wants to hear about, God wants to hear from you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to hear how your day went. When, when, when I go home, when I was back in school and we would uh, get ready for uh, the family dinner, um, we would all get together and my parents would ask each of us kids how, how our day went, how, how's life treating us, because they wanted to hear from us. As that, that's what loving parents do. That's what a loving father and what a loving mother does. And God, all the more, has love for you as the perfect heavenly father and he wants to hear from you he wants to have that personal relationship with you he is your father he is your creator he created you in his image so that he can relate 
to you and have that personal relationship with you. One of my professors at the Bible College, uh, Dr. Joe, who I've mentioned before, uh, I heard him once, uh, or he said it a number of times, but the first time I heard him, he called God his daddy. I was like, what? You you talking about God, your daddy? And, And it threw me off a bit. But the more I heard it, the more I loved it. That Dr. Joe, he had such a personal relationship with God that he, he viewed him as his daddy, as his dad, as his heavenly father who loves him, who created, created him in his own image, who laid down his perfect son for him. Dr. Joe had that personal relationship with God where, where he just called him dad or daddy or father. And that's the personal relationship that we need to have with our Heavenly Father. As yes, God is magnificent and glorious and powerful, and He truly transcends above our limits. But we need to focus on the eminence of God as well, the idea that we can relate to God, that God wants to hear from us, that God is a personal God who loves and cares about each and every one of you, as He is our Heavenly Father. It works out perfectly as we're talking about God being our Heavenly Father as we celebrate Father's Day today. And uh, a good message for you guys to send home uh, is to remember God, remember your Heavenly Father as we celebrate Father's Day today. But on top of God being our Heavenly Father, there's another awesome fact about God being personal that some people may overlook. And the fact is that God has a name that he has given to us. And now some of you might be thinking, well, yeah, God. God is his name. That's his name. Well, that's not not really true. God is a title. And when we say God, uh, we're we're signifying that someone has power and authority and is deserving of our worship. And so when we say God, that's just a title. But our Heavenly Father, God, he has a personal name. He has a name just like you and I. And his name, God's name, is Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. And God's name, Yahweh, is used 6,828 times in the scripture, in the Old Testament specifically. Now, some of you may be thinking, you're wrong, Kyle. I've read my Bible. I've read the Old Testament. I haven't once seen the word Yahweh, or the name Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, in my Bible. And I would tell you, yes, you are correct. Uh, our current translations no longer have the personal name of God, but it wasn't always that way. God revealed his personal name to the Jews, to the Israelites, and we can still have access to that. Scholars believe that a couple of hundred years before Christ was born, Uh, the Jews stopped using the name of God entirely. They stopped using the name Yahweh. And they had a purpose behind it. The purpose was that they didn't want to use the Lord's name in vain. They didn't want to disgrace the name of God, so they completely stopped using the name of God. That's the kind of transcendence that the Jews had and the respect that God had. They had a noble purpose and behind not using God's name anymore But man, I I think they're wrong in doing that as God is a personal God. Yeah, God is glorious and magnificent. He has infinite power and infinite knowledge. But God is a personal God. And God gave us his personal name. God included his name in the scripture 6,828 times. 
If God didn't include his name 6,828 times, I don't, if he did that, I think it's safe to assume he, he's all right and, and wants us to use his personal name. And so this, these Jews, a couple hundred years before Jesus, they stopped using the name Yahweh altogether. So whenever they came across the name of God, they would simply read the Lord instead. So whenever they would read the scriptures and, and they would see the name Yahweh in it, they would just simply say the Lord because they didn't want to use the Lord's name in vain. And after a while, after the Jews copied the scriptures over, they eventually altogether got rid of the name Yahweh in it. So whenever they saw the name Yahweh as they were copying the scriptures, they replaced it with the Lord, with the capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D. So nearly every single time that you see the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that was originally Yahweh, the name of God. Yahweh. Is, is the personal name of our God, of our Heavenly Father. And, and he has shared that with us so that we can know him on a personal level. And so how do we get with, how do we know that YHWH is the name uh, of God? As, as I said, it's, it's, it was recorded 6,828 times in the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament. And so uh, the Old Testament was written in ancient Hebrew, um, and interestingly enough, the ancient Hebrew did not have any vowels. They only had consonants. And so if you could show uh, the, the name of God. Yes, that is the name of God that, that they saw in the Hebrew scriptures that God revealed to the Israelites. <laughs> That's the personal name of God. How, how, glorious, how glorious and majestic is that as we can see the personal name of God. I think there's so much value and power in that and just seeing the personal name of God. And now Hebrew, unlike English, English we, we read left to right. Hebrew we, we read right to left. And so there's four different letters there. The first, kind of that little curve and the second uh, is that little L and another line. And then we see another big curve. And another, again, kind of like another upside down L with the little line. Those are the four letters of God's name, Yahweh. And it's yod Hey vav Hey. That is, that is the Hebrew name of God, the name that God revealed to the Israelites. yod Hey vav Hey, The four-letter name of God. And so when we transliterate uh, it to English, to English, as I struggle with my English sometimes, uh, as we translate it to English, it's Y-H-W-H. That is the personal name of God that we have today in English, Y-H-W-H. <laughs> that is your heavenly Father's name. The personal name that he has revealed to you and to me and, and to all Christians and, and to all Jews. That is the personal name of God. And now since the Hebrews didn't have any vowels, uh, we scholars have kind of tried to guess in how to pronounce the name of God uh, using fairly accurate measures. And the most commonly accepted uh, pronunciation is Yahweh. Yahweh, the name of our Heavenly Father, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. 
And so you may, may have heard me uh, say Yahweh before, and, and you will in the future. Yahweh is simply the personal name of our God, our, of our Heavenly Father. Because no, God isn't his name. That's just a title that he has. Just like Jesus, Christ isn't his last name, which some people may think, but it's just a title. It, it, Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. That isn't part of his name. That's just a title. Similarly, God, that's not his name. That's just his title. His personal name is Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. And I just think it's so glorious to see the personal name of God up there. The name above all names, Y-H-W-H. And we can have a personal relationship with God as God revealed to us his personal name. Now let's use the example of a president. How many of you guys, if you encountered the president today, would go up to him and say, hey, Donnie, what's up, man? How you doing, Donnie? How many of you guys would do that? Reese, I hope I'm not in the room with you when, when you call President Trump by his first name, Don, Donald, or nickname Donnie. No, why not? Why would none of us refer to the president as Donald or Donnie or any of our previous presidents while they were in office? Why would nobody refer to President Obama as Barack? Why? It's because we don't have a personal relationship with them. That would be totally inappropriate if we went up to President Trump right now and say, hey, what's up, Donald? How you doing, man? Because we don't know the president. We don't have that personal relationship with him. Now, I'm sure Melania and the rest of uh, President Trump's family, I'm sure they don't call him Mr. President because they have that personal relationship with God, or with, with, with Donald Trump. <laughs> Hey, careful what I say there. <laughs> Melania and, and their family doesn't refer to the Mr. President as Mr. President because they have that personal relationship with him. They have that personal relationship with Donald Trump. But any of us, if we were to encounter the president, we would, we would refer to him as Mr. President because we don't have that personal relationship with him. Rather, we would refer to his title that he has, the title of respect and honor, the presidents of the United States. And so God, God being a personal God, he has revealed his name to us. And we can use his name, Yahweh, the personal name of God, because we have, or we can have access to a personal relationship with Yahweh himself, our heavenly father, our dad, our daddy, that is so beautiful, so beautiful that we can have access to the name of God himself, Yahweh. And through that name, through the name of God, we can have a personal relationship with him. For when you don't have a personal relationship with someone, refer to their title. If they're in a higher uh, position of authority or power, like the president, I don't have a personal relationship with the president, so I call him Mr. President or President Trump or whatever. But I don't call him Donald because I don't have that personal relationship with him. But you can refer to the personal name of God. For God is a personal heavenly father that we each have access to in our life. We each have a direct line of communication to our heavenly father that's open 24-7, whether we have power or not. 
We can communicate to our Heavenly Father, Yahweh, at whatever time you need. For God is personal. He cares about your little, your little needs, your little desires. He cares about how your day has gone. For God is personal, and he wants to have that personal relationship with you. So much so, so much so did God want a personal relationship with you that it was his will for his perfect son, Jesus Christ, to die and suffer on the cross for our sins. That was God's will. That's crazy for me to fathom. That it was God's will to have his perfect son, Jesus Christ, die and suffer on the cross. And we ask why? It's because God wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us. He is our heavenly father, the father of all fathers. And he's revealed his personal name to us, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. And so when we go home and celebrate Father's Day with our families, uh, I hope that you also remember the, the perfect heavenly father that we have. The father who was constantly looking down over us. The father whom we can come to at any time, at any hour, at any minute, at any second, at any day. We can continuously seek God in prayer. And I hope that you personally can have that personal relationship with God and not just view him as as the creator of the heavens and the earth who has so much power and authority because he does and I hope you can see that perspective as well but on the flip side I can also hope that you see that God is a personal God who wants a personal relationship with you as he is our heavenly father and he's revealed his personal name Yahweh to us let's pray Father God, Yahweh, uh, we just come before you uh, with, with joy and love towards you. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, that you didn't just create the heavens and the earth and be- in the beginning and just let it be. But Father, we thank you that you are personal, that you care about each and every one of us as your children, as our Father. Father, I thank you for that huge blessing. I thank you that you want a personal relationship with each and every one of us so bad that you sent your perfect son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. Father, there is no greater act of love in the history of mankind. Father, we love you and we recognize your love that you have for us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.